0: This is Stephen Gregory Smith with your Spooky Season Extra episodes. These are episodes that Matthew either probably A, wouldn't watch the movie, or B, was too busy to, and I wanted to get you lots of spooky content for your October. I'll be looking at films that uh, I recommend or I've recently seen. I know that everyone's making their spooky season lists so i'm here to help you decide without watching the film if this is for you or maybe you want to skip it all right so i'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back in 1985 tyler was meeting justin at their favorite arcade long shot just as justin was about to confess his love for tyler the world changed Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. (laughs) Listen to Long Shot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, today we are traveling back in time to 1996 for the very first Scream. Ah! 1996... I graduated from high school and had my freshman year of college. Um,
1: And it came out December
0: 10th or 12th, somewhere in
1: there, uh, 1996.
0: And I did not see this in the theater. Mm, Yeah, let me... In the movie theater, like the cinema at the mall. Uh, I did not see it till the following year. In October, uh, it was at... It was playing at our college in like one of the classrooms that had a projection screen, 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 and I went with, I believe, Danielle Ferretti, and probably a few other people. And I guess a lot of us had not seen it when it came out for whatever reason, and we're seeing Well,
1: I mean, you're in college, the first semester, you know. There was a lot of a stuff, lot of going, stuff on. going on, yeah.
0: But we had heard about it, and it entered into the zeitgeist. I did really well, yeah stayed in theaters for a while well
1: the first weekend i made it i think it made 6.4 million the second weekend made 9.1 million the third weekend made 10 million so it went up word of mouth word of mouth
0: yeah and then back then in the day it took films a long a much longer time to come out on vhs (laughs) or dvd whatever it was at the time i guess it was vhs still for the most part i think dvd probably did exist but none of us could afford it right yeah no, my first, like, DVD player was, like, $125 or something. I remember it was, like, a purchase, and I was making, like, $350 a week at the theater, you know, when I bought it. So it was a really big deal, and I'm so mad that you can get them now for, like, 30 bucks. feels so cheap. Even a Blu-ray you can get for, like, 40 Probably cheaper. Um, isn't this fascinating so far? So, anyway, Scream... <laughs>
1: It was invented and developed in 1995, the DVD, yeah. and first released in November 1st, 1996 in Japan. So yeah, I mean, I know DVDs came around, but they were not something that... I mean, I had a VHS player. I mean, I still do, just to let the did audience da, out did there da, did. know.
0: <laughs> but, but we had all been burned by Laserdisc. So, right, right. And Beta. Let's not forget Beta. But uh, so yeah, this... this when it, when it came to Shenandoah, this was a big deal... And people were already... The the Halloween costume of the year was Ghostface. Um, and let's just
1: paint a picture of what 1996 and horror was at the time. First of all, none of us had cell phones yet. I mean, they existed. But we didn't have them. Yeah, I mean... With, one uh, or two people. I mean, Zach on uh, uh, Saved by the Bell had a block, you know... Uh, a brick. Cell phone, a brick yeah. cell phone, just like the one... Uh, Uh, Gail Weathers gets (laughs) out of the windshield. The size of a
0: football. Yeah.
1: Uh, But yeah, so horror films had really gone through this like slasher, like thing. They just weren't making money anymore. Like they were just doing sequel after sequel after sequel, monetizing Halloween, uh, the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, to the point where it was a joke, Mm -hmm. really. And people just weren't going to them anymore. Um, And this really rejuvenated horror but i was saying to steven earlier i think it rejuvenated genre film in a way where the mass audiences started to see more genre films as a possibility of saying something besides just you know elevated horror the first pathway yeah right yeah yeah and in the the whole meta aspect of scream i mean i will say the the stuff that came out after scream that scream like right after Uh, I know what you did last summer. Uh, which is another Kevin Williamson script. Uh, you know, but some of the ones that were really bad, like that period was, was bad, but it really did rejuvenate
0: everything at that time. After you got through the like direct kind of, here's the formula, uh, here's some WB stars and you know, somebody in uh, with a hook or somebody with a, you know, Yeah, I mean, he, Williamson was a struggling writer at the time. And, uh, he was inspired
1: by a series of murders by the Gainesville Ripper. Hmm. Um say more. The Gainesville Ripper? Yeah. Let's find out. Uh oh my gosh. Uh David Danny Harold Rowling, known as the Gainesville Ripper, was an American serial killer and artist who murdered five students in Gainesville, Florida over four days in uh Gainesville, Florida, over four days in August 1990. He later confessed to uh, I don't want to read any more of it. It's bad. But uh, <laughs> so he he was inspired by seeing that on television, I believe, or reading about it, and then he never did like, that he was a huge horror fan. Halloween was like his favorite film, so he sat himself down and decided to to satirize the cliches uh, of the slasher genre of Halloween, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, The Nightmare on Elm Street, all that they you know had become at a certain point because Halloween is still, you know one of my favorite horror movies of all time absolutely but yeah. with halloween you don't really care That's not i don't want to say you don't care but the character of laurie strode played by jamie lee curtis you you don't really get to know that character of her ends and her thinking and all of that she's a, a perfect teenager babysitter who does all the right things um so you don't, but you don't really get to know her as a character what I, But what Scream does is really lets you get to know these teenagers, their relationships, and you really do care what happens to these people. And with all the red herrings that are thrown throughout the film, just done brilliantly, you think it's Henry Winkler, the principal, at one point. You think it's Dewey at one point. You think it's the sheriff at one point. I mean, all of the different little things that, that happen make it that much more heightened because you do care about the characters. But let's talk about Drew Barrymore. Okay. And what she supposedly did was she was cast as Sidney Prescott, the Nev Campbell character. Supposedly, she went to Wes Craven and said, Wouldn't it be better if I played Casey in the beginning of the film? So that us going to the theater would have this experience. So we think this is, we know that this is going to be a true who, who we follow throughout this entire film. Yeah. And then once that happens, that 12 minutes, and she, that she dies the way she does, that stab in the chest is still hurts watching it Mm -hmm. um and you're like oh all bets are off i have no idea what's going to happen and she's still like a main poster girl on the poster absolutely i don't think i may be incorrect and somebody can correct us in the notes or discord or whatever but i don't think in the trailers they showed anything but pieces of that first 12 minutes
0: yeah i want to say that she's at the middle of the poster still is that correct i don't know i don't know um do you know what the
1: uh the working title of this movie was? It wasn't Stab? It's very
0: meta. It was Scary Movie. Hence the parody. <laughs> I movie. couldn't I could not watch this without thinking of Scary Movie. Isn't that crazy? And I kept laughing to myself because Scary Movie is kind of brilliant um, in how it lampoons this film, but uh that's interesting Scary Movie and then that was the parody. So hence the meta on meta. Of all of this. And just thinking,
1: like, they went through with the MPAA, like, trying to get this a rated R as opposed to an NC-17 rating. And watching it now, like, really? I mean, and the thing is, is that it's still a great slasher film, even though it is self-referential. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So it so, does. It, that does look like
0: Drew, doesn't it, it? Yeah,
1: that's Drew, front and not front and center, front and to but the left. She definitely left.
0: looks like you read left to right. So Absolutely,
1: that, she's the character. She's
0: the vehicle. Yeah, it's 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 the psycho twist um, of Janet Lee. Of course, Janet Lee gets about twenty some minutes. And it was um, December
1: twentieth. I was wrong about the release date, but December
0: twentieth. So right at Christmas time, which is a strange release time for this film. I mean, you'd think just back it up two months and you'd have this huge Halloween kind of hit. But uh, anyway, painting the picture again, 1996, this Halloween costume is everywhere. So on Scream Night, when everyone in the college who can fit into this, this auditorium is watching Scream, it's very much like the opening of Scream 2 with people running around in costumes with fake knives all over the theater, all over the campus afterwards, people screaming, and it it felt very real um, and interesting. And we were like, in college, we weren't in high school, although I said to Ryan, in future years and generations, will people look back to the films of this time and wonder how long adults were kept in high school? Because these these people... Well, I think you could go back
1: even yeah. further than that sure. with films and high school students being, you know, 20s, 30s. <laughs> I think Nev Campbell was the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. She looks it. Um, um, I really love uh, Stumacher in this, uh, played by the great Matthew Lillard, uh, watching it this time. Because if you watch it the one time and you get all these red herrings, you're not sure who the killers are. Um, I mean, the movie is telling you the entire time that it's Billy Loomis. The entire time it is telling you this is who this is. But we're like, oh, it's not him. It's not going to be him. It can't be him. And then once Billy Loomis gets, quote, killed, you're like, see? And you feel because you're like, it can't be this guy. Right. Do you know what I mean? But then he comes back and it is him. But Stu Mocker, Matthew Lillard, all of the little uh, looks he makes the way he says things line delivery knowing that he is one of the killers is it's a completely different film and it's always amazing to see the little things that he does and he goes way over the top in the end but i think it works and it's funny and it's making fun of that generation as opposed to him worrying about whether or not he's going to go to jail for what he's done at the end he's like my mom is dead or gonna kill, kill me, me. Yeah. like
0: what the fuck you know and it's making and I don't know. I, it's a really great film. I have to say that I have not sat down and watched this film in its entirety for decades. Um for sure. Uh I've seen bits of it on TV, I've whatever, but like I haven't given it my undivided until this rewatch and really watching it again knowing who the killers are and seeing their relationship in the scenes and their nods and winks to each other really does make this a uh, a fascinating rewatch. There are internet theories that Stu and Billy are actually gay.
1: Well, even the hug almost that mm-hmm. uh, that Stew gives Billy at the end when they have uh, uh, Sydney uh, cornered in the in the kitchen, mm-hmm. like that was very like, oh, I can totally see where people would think, where that. why people would think that. Even though Stu does say, "I always had a crush on you," and he, and you know she, he winds up dying with the television on his head so we think where there's a rumor that he's coming back for scream 7 i think that would be amazing if that were true cuz i love him i've always loved his work but it's not been mentioned throughout the entire That's scream why series and i and i think i think what people forget because you know the scream sequels are good they're not great. Wes Craven is great at what he does. The, the opening of doors and thinking somebody's in a closet and then closing of the door and thinking somebody's behind the door. He's all very good at setting that up. I mean, even the beginning with uh, with Drew Barrymore, everything is kosher. He, she, it's like a wrong number. And then once it starts to go a little bit weird, you get these Dutch angles and you're like, oh, something's not quite right Oh, gosh.
0: Here. Tell me this term. Dutch angles. Yeah,
1: it's a just a, a, a above shot that was d- done in, I believe, Dutch film, which is why it's called a Dutch angle,
0: like from above and like the and side cl- and, cor- and like kind of tilted. Okay, I've seen lots of those. Oh yeah, films.
1: absolutely. People use them all the time, but yes,
0: yeah. uh, 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 Raimi uses it a lot in Evil Dead. Sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's that's like, cool. I learned something new. <laughs> so did you Dutch angle? Uh, so when she, when he does that, that's when, as an audience member, you're like, oh wait, this isn't. What I thought it was going to be, she's making Jiffy Pop. It's
0: almost as if she's <laughs> being watched from a different vantage point.
1: Exactly the
0: Absolutely. Jiffy Pop of it all. Oh my goodness, it's a, it's so ridiculous. That would have I, I love the um, even when it's in the fire in the sink with water running on it, it's still like billowing fire. <laughs>
1: yeah. I remember watching this too, and I pointed it out to Stephen as we were watching when uh, we see Sydney uh, Nev Campbell on the on the uh, what would what do we call it then the the Cordless phone. That's what it was. Yeah, the the cordless phone. And she's on this big, huge estate—not estate, but a she's huge on the deck, house, and she's on the deck, and she's talking on the phone. I'm like, I remember saying in 1996
0: that phone wouldn't have service out there. I will tell you this. I remember this much: the cordless phone at my parents' house. I could walk out the front door and as far as to the driveway and still have reception. Now I had to pull that antenna all the way out. Did you ever have to go like, oh, hold on a second, I need to get closer to the house
1: though? Always. And she didn't do that. And
0: I was like... Well, what if I'm positing a world in which the charging station for that phone... Was in her room. No, it was right off the deck inside, like Uh, right off the sliding door that she came out But then she
1: walks up the stairs all that way.
0: Also, I'll just say,
1: everybody in this movie's rich. Everybody in this movie. And this is in Woodsboro, California. I don't know if it's a real town or not. But Woodsboro, you hear Woodsboro and you, you think guys, scream though, now. These
0: houses. Ridiculous. These houses and the landscape. It, it looks like there could be a vineyard behind any Absolutely. Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um it, it, it does there's not like people of color insight. I was gonna say I I really noticed the white of it all. It's very white. It's very white. Um There's not any even like tokens. Like at the party, there it's, it's so it, it felt a little like, well, I don't know, is this what rich California looks like? Right, right. Um, but it, it that is a little like it made my spidey sense tingle a little, of like, of like, okay, why couldn't we have and they course corrected a little in Scream 2, but not really because Jada then just got murdered in the first scene, and there's jokes about black people dying in the films first, which. Yeah. But I think this, the additional
1: Screams really kind of make you forget how good the first Scream is. And then you're like, oh, of course there's sequels. But I think the, I think the sequels to Scream all have great qualities. I don't think they're all as good as... This I think they're is, watchable. They're absolutely watchable. I mean, Scream 4, I think... Wasn't that Craven's last film? Scream 4, maybe? Maybe. Um, was yeah. I thought was very good. Uh, and it really took it to... A next level. I like these new screams, um, but even Get Out. I mean, uh, Jordan Peele has said that Scream was a huge influence. influence on what he chose to do with Get Out because he plays on those tropes, but to show, you know, racism as opposed to you know, <laughs> uh, the misogyny of, of of everything that happens in horror films, uh, which is what Wes Craven always had said prior to this film, he was like, I don't really want to do another horror film. He was approached for this multiple times and turned it down each time. Uh, What really pushed him over the edge was the fact that Drew Barrymore had said she was going to play Sidney Prescott. And he was at some like autograph signing or something and a child said to him, you really need to make something that, you know, is, you know, edgier. A lot of your stuff has been kind of, you know, lazy recently. And that really made him think, and then Drew Braymore came on and so he decided to sign on to this and because he was he was always worried about the misogyny and in, in the horror films that had come you know preceded all of this. and he wanted to kind of get away from that. but I think it it really is looked at in this film and and Nev Campbell, even though she lost her virginity,
0: is the final girl, and she really fights back. And then girls across the country are like, it's okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, the balls of that that kid who came out and said that to him can you imagine mm-hmm. talking to Wes Craven and mm-hmm. probably at some convention some like I think he was like 12 years old or something yeah. oh my god and I wonder if they know they changed horror Yeah, right. <laughs> <With that laughs> right comment. Yeah. Um, just a few things before we wrap this I think it's interesting how Billy and Stu's plan starts to break down when they start to give each other's wounds to act like they were attacked and survived I mean, I would think, why don't you do arms? um... I think Billy was trying to kill him.
1: You think so? I think so. I think that he, because he asked for the knife back. Uh He wasn't going to give the knife back. He said, give me the knife back. They had that whole argument, because they've only been each stabbed once. So Billy asked for it back, and then he stabs him in the, you don't see it, but you hear it. He stabs him another two times. And I want to say he
0: got him in the lung.
1: But because... oh, that last
0: time, because of on the that back one, and also blood starts coming from the mouth, yep. so that's internal. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's very clever how kind of uh, Nev Campbell kind of communicates with her dad of like, this is how this is going to play out, and this is what we're going to do. Um, well, a I... bad uh, alternate ending. She is in the scream costume. And then the police come and shoot her dead. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. When she had Which, it on, I yeah. thought, this could go south. So, oh,
1: I thought the exact same thing. Wow. thought the exact same thing. And then I thought about Get Out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about Get Out. Cause I was like, oh, well, if this was an African-American. What, it
0: must have passed through his mind as well. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. passed through his mind. Oh, the end of Get Out makes me, like, nauseous. And, and I
1: love the- I actually enjoy the, uh, d- the uh, deleted scene of the alternate ending of Get Out. Have you seen that where he's in jail? Yeah: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I don't enjoy that. I enjoy the <laughs> ending. yeah, but so that long. is what would happen. That's the realistic yep. ending. Absolutely. If not for uh, you know, airport security. This turned in, this didn't turn into a, a
1: get out. Uh, yeah, I know conversation, but uh, I just wanted to say one more thing, is that I think Billy and Stu's plan was sent off from when Sydney actually got away from being killed. Yeah. Then they had to figure something else out because there's not another killing until the principal, which they scare Nev Campbell and then she goes and tells that Ghostface is in the building and then they decide to shut down the the school. And then I think that at that point they decide, okay, well, the principal, Henry Winkler, is going to be alone. We can kill him and then
0: we're going to have this party and then we'll go buck wild there. I think they have to like kind of it's change. Interesting. Yeah. Because it seems like I'm going to kill the mother because she made my mother leave. Then I'm going to kill her daughter. Ex- or, be, or my
1: girlfriend. But they kill each other's gr- girlfriend. Stu's
0: ex-girlfriend first. That's right. the plan. Yeah. yeah. And then, but after why? <laughs> after him Why her? I don't know that. That's, I think, why people speculate on oh, the Oh, no, why what? Drew Barrymore? No, no. Why do they kill Tatum? Oh, I think that yeah, that's an interesting question. That's but why the gay theory is around. I think. yeah,
1: but yeah, I, I agree with you. Also, it could be something to do with Dewey, or it could just be that, you know, he wanted to move on or whatever it is. But it's it's always the the boyfriends. So like, even in the new Scream. Okay, so Scream Five comes out, just called Scream. Yeah, confusing. You knew it was going to be the boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Like. they're going to go back to you know square one and it's going to be the boyfriend right could you rate right now this will be the end can you rate right now all of the scream movies
0: uh i don't know them well enough i've seen all of them once um okay and i'll try to piece in the ones i remember number one scream one number two scream two number three scream three Number four, the last one, Scream Six. Number five, Scream Five, and then four is last. Yeah, really, isn't four the one that the guy is like in a movie theater, like a he's a director or whatever? No, that's three, isn't it?
1: See, I can't. Tell you no know, no four is the one where uh, it's it's a couple, it's a it's it's two people in Scream Four. Three is the one I didn't like. Then the director. Okay, so for so, me, yeah, it's Scream one, 1, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, then I would say Scream 4, and I know people will hate me for that. And then 2, then 3. 2 has that great car scene yeah.
0: with Ghostface and two Brandy. Brandy's in it, uh, right? No. Is it not Brandy? No, it's uh, 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 Destiny's Child. It's um, Kelly Rowland, isn't it? isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, my bad.
1: Um, and then I would say Scream Six then Scream Five. The reason I like Scream Six is because we're now back into we're not just being meta the way Scream was originally. We're now delving into the lore of what the Scream sequels have created. Mm-hmm. I mean in Scream Six, in the would you call it a lair of the of the people, they have part of the garage door that Tatum was killed in. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It's the family of Billy, isn't it? It's th- yes. Well no, she's the son of Billy. That's it's it. It's the family of isn't it the family of Stu Mocker, right? That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I see what I mean? I've seen these once. Yeah. Well, for me I I rewatched them when Scream Five was coming
0: out. So I rewatched Scream all the way through. And I rewatched them around the same time yeah. because you were doing it. Yeah and um, i copy what you did. Know. No. Um no. anyway, this is
1: i think this is an iconic film. I think it really changed I I want to say one last thing is that i feel like audiences liked the self-awareness of people knowing the inside things of what was going on uh, with Randy talking about all of, you know, being the film
0: nerd or whatever, being prime suspect. And
1: i think that has turned a lot of people into film nerds, which i I I really love that, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's made them absolutely insufferable. So it's it's like a a catch twenty two. I'm I'm really glad what what Scream was able to do for the horror for horror and genre period, but there's there's good and bad that comes with that.
0: Final question: How much do we think Wes Craven was influenced by Edvard Munch's The Scream? The the work of art. Well, I mean, the, fa- the face itself, Ghostface,
1: or Father Death, mm-hmm. as it was actually called, is kind of Ghostface, right? A Ish. little bit?
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, the face is narrower on the mask, but it's a surreal kind of like melty face that is kind of the same in the... I just wonder, and it's called Scream, and the artwork is called The Scream. So, last little bit of information
1: here, and then we'll close out, is that the company that made that mask, they were... so. On set, they weren't using it, but Wes Craven used it, even though they didn't have the rights to it. They finally found the people that were making the mask, mm-hmm. and the way they got the rights to it is that they said they would put the name of the company at the end of the credits, and they'd give them
0: $100. <laughs> That's it? That's it. Wow. And so... Well, you know why? Because they're like, we're about to do you the biggest favor. Right, sure. Because you're going to sell out.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they were probably a small company, and they didn't know. I'm, I'm, I hope that they've made money since
0: then. I can only imagine. Well, that has been 1996's Scream. Bye! Bye. Thanks so much for listening to our Spooky Season Extra episodes. Um, I'm going to give as many of these to you as I can fit in my day. As you can imagine, uh, October through December gets super busy for Connor and Smith here at the Connor and Smith headquarters, with all of our shows being done every year between October and December. But if you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. Um, That's Connor with an E-R. You can find us on social media. We have a YouTube page. Are you subscribed? Click on it. It is Connor and Smith. I know that there's like a country musician, Connor Smith, but Connor and Smith musicals usually finds us. You can find us on Instagram. Please sign up for our Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter and Connor and Smith are on Facebook, but again, look for the E-R, not the O-R. You can become a Patreon supporter of Connor and Smith. Um, That gets you lots of behind the scenes special access videos uh of our concerts different things you get a a live video update well it's not live it's taped video update once a month um uh you get the newsletter every month you get little like magnets and fun stuff like that so check that out become a patreon supporter we really appreciate you all of you who do um that's all for now uh We'll catch you on the next Spooky Season Extra episode. Bye-bye.